Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, depending on your time zones. Welcome to From Bob's Office. Thank you for joining us today. I am Jake Mathis, and sitting across from me is Jacob Bomber. Welcome to the incredible journey we are, where we break down all things sports, faith, and life. Like Jake said, I am Jacob Bomber, and we are really excited to start this podcast for everybody. Um, kind of for us to entertain ourselves, but it's going to be awesome to have guests and people come in. And we just wanted to give you a quick rundown of how we got to this point. I had the opportunity to be on a radio show at UC Irvine a couple weeks ago and got to have some conversations with people and have them get recorded and played over the radio. And it was awesome. And I decided, hey, we can do that too and have a great time. We know a lot of great people. And so we're really excited about the idea of being able to do this and have some great conversations with amazing people and have you all in on that, whoever chooses to listen to this. So... We are called from Bob's office because we are located in the office of somebody named Bob, who you will meet eventually, and we just thought it'd be a good idea to have the title be the location, because that's a fun thing. So there you go. That's who we are. That's what we're doing, and we were going to start today's podcast by introducing ourselves and our sports teams and whatnot, but last night we had an amazing adventure, and we could not wait to share that with you first. So premise... We have been bowling every Wednesday night for the last year, year and a half. I've been bowling at least every other Wednesday night for the last 10 years. We go down to Fountain Bowl in Fountain Valley and have a great time. And so last night we show up and there's five of us and we're hanging out starting our bowl. And as we are putting our balls in the ball rack, a, there's another ball sitting there already. And it's clearly not a house ball. Yeah, it's I thought a, it was free, but no. Nope. <laughs> we thought we had come up on some sweet merchandise. Um, but the ball had a name on it. We will keep that name secret to protect the innocent. We will refer to this person coming up as Susan. So the ball's sitting there, and then the woman who owns the ball walks over, and Susan comes up, and the first thing she does, she looks at, at a couple of us and says, hey, I need two more bowlers for my league. Do you guys want to join the league? And... We can't. The league is Wednesdays from 7 to 9. We have things going on. We have life going on. And so we we have to decline. Now, at this point, it becomes relatively obvious that she's not sober. <laughs> it's slightly. Slightly. It did not take a long time to come to this conclusion. So the first thing that happens after she asks us about this and we de- politely decline is she notices my friend, who we will call Bliff, because that was his bowling name last night. Um, she notices that Bliff has really pretty blue eyes. Now, I am not one to say one way or the other whether his eyes are... They are very blue, and, you know, Like whatever. crystals, like they're very nice. <laughs> but Susan was very, very interested in continuing that conversation. She must have said that phrase no less than 30, 40 times <laughs> during the rough. course of the evening. She would frequently get lost in Bliff's pretty blue eyes, and it was hilarious. Um, she had some interactions with you, Jake. <laughs> yeah, she uh, decided to have individual conversations with every single person about where we are in life and everything that we have going on. And it was very awkward because we're just like, Hi, yeah. So let me um summarize my life real quick, what I do most days. Um, and she was very, she continuously brought up blue eyes and men with blue eyes. And the fact that all three of the guys there last night had blue eyes 
and I was the only one with blue eyes that didn't get commented on. I was kind of hurt by, but <laughs> I'm glad also I was not obsessed over by this um, Susie. I mean, she was definitely interested in your personal life at one point. She was interested in all of our personal lives. She was very concerned as to whether Bliff actually had a girlfriend or not. Ah, yes. And that seemed to be determined on whether he was getting a strike or not when he bowled. So at times he did have a girlfriend. At times he other, at times he was no longer having a girlfriend, and it was pretty entertaining. Poor Bliff. <laughs> this woman was obsessed she, with him. She really, really was. Uh, whether her goals were to attach to him somehow or actually get him to commit to her bowling team, who knows? But it was very entertaining, so much so that she, she felt the need to tell us that she currently has a soon-to-be ex-husband, which is very awkward because do we ask the question? Do we not ask the question? Uh, we didn't. <laughs> we just kind of rolled but with she it. She definitely brought it up still. She <laughs> definitely kept bringing it up. Um, and then she also made it a point to show us a picture. <laughs> oh, yes. The picture <laughs> of her current boyfriend. I'm doing quotation marks, but you can't see them. Over the word boyfriend, air because quotes. air quotes. quotes is the correct word, not quotations. My bad. Um, who he was also a, a very, she defined him as a very funny and very attractive young man. She said young, and she would show us pictures of the bite marks. Which, you know, red flag, because <laughs> she's, she's hanging, she's practically hanging onto us almost the entire time. So now it's like, uh, are you going to bite me? Because I didn't come bowling tonight to get bitten by some uh, not sober, strange woman. Um, she several times was starting to excuse herself and she was going to leave, but she didn't. But like a bad par parasite, she just kept coming back. Is that how parasites work? Fleas. Ideally, yes. <laughs> Fleas. Pants, parasite. So she... Yeah, she ended up being there for the entirety of our two games of bowling. And we had a fun night. It was very entertaining. Um, I think at the end of the night, I summarized it as being about 70% entertaining, 20% annoying, and 10% uncomfortable. And she eventually ended up in the bar, which she probably didn't need to go back there. But Invited us several times to go back to the bar. We politely declined that as well. As many times as possible. And we had a great night <clears throat> hanging out. With Susan, and that is our story. <laughs> Stay tuned for more adventures in our lives out in public. But now we're going to move on to the bulk of our show. Um, we wanted to give you all an idea of who we are and what we're doing and what we're talking about and why, why we're here. And so to do that, we're going to start with letting you know about who some of our favorite sports teams are. The first half of the show, we want to have some sports conversations. And so that's the direction we want to go. And for you to be properly informed, you should know who we like, why we like them, what's going on, so that you can relate or make fun of us or any of those things, criticize our choices. We welcome all of that. Um, so first we're going to talk about are the teams we like. Um, so Jake. So do you want me to tell you all of them in order? Or do you yeah, want to we're go gonna back we're gonna rank our the major. Okay, so major ranking ones. them. Yep, best like favorite so, to of your favorite. So uh, for ranking them, I would have to say that I bleed green and yellow. So I am the biggest Packer fan you probably know. Um, and then afterwards, I will probably rank goes Packers and then Angels, 
and then Jacksonville Jaguars, Lakers, Kings, and a few individual athletes here and there, but mostly those are the teams I follow. So how did Packers fandom begin for you? You know, uh, my dad was from Iowa, and he kind of just picked a team because Iowa has no professional sports teams, and so that's kind of the one that stuck. <laughs> so, I, that's fair. I think that happens a lot in the Midwest. The, the states like Nebraska, and you know, they don't have they don't have teams there. So yeah, they only have collegiate. You got to choose somebody, and that just rubbed off on you, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Angels? How'd you get there? Um, well, being born in Long Beach and native to are going to school mostly in Orange County, we would go to Angel games very frequent because, well, they're safer than Dodger games. <laughs> This is true. Facts back that up. So yeah, we uh, that's just what we do. And then we uh, went to I went to ten games this season, which was probably a high, and it was very fun. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed your time at Angel Stadium this season. Jaguars, how'd you come up with Jaguars? What so that about? my favorite college player back in the day was Miles Jack, who is now the li- the linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars, like their star linebacker. And um, also, there's this very they're they're very unique when they come to quarterbacks because they've had two extremely important quarterbacks to me with Blake Bortles, the boat, and the new and approved Blake Bortles, Gar- Gardner Minshew, who both of them have somehow have made themselves into this internet person that everyone loves and. They're just strictly the most entertaining people in the NFL right now. Now, I don't remember. How did BOAT become an acronym? What does the B stand for? Uh, best of all time. So, okay. So, just going from greatest to best. Yes. That was when they were playing the Patriots in the NFC... Nope. AFC Championship game. Good catch. Um, and one of the Barstool pages made that where it was GOAT versus BOAT. And it was a picture of a GOAT and a boat next to each other. I always wanted the B to just stand for Bortles, so it would just be Bortles of all time, because there's never going to be another Bortles. <laughs> yeah, because his brother, no. <laughs> Disclaimer, I don't know if he has a brother. <laughs> well, you know, we have the trusty use of the internet to get us there. While that happens, the Kings. Why the Kings? Uh, being from L.A. County, we kind of just pick and choose which one between the Kings and the Ducks, and I had a best friend who was obsessed with the Ducks, so I naturally went for the Kings. <laughs> that doesn't seem... Plus, I became a hockey fan right... Like, the season they won their first Stanley Cup was pretty much like the first season I started following, and so it was pretty magical that I'm like, hey, I followed the right team. That does make sense. Were there other were there other teams that you added on? Or were we just I said the Lakers, sport? but because... You did say the Lakers. Like, again, it's Los Angeles pride. That's kind of obvious. You just can't be here and be a Clippers fan. Yikes. Uh, Clippers fans belong in San Diego or Buffalo where they originated. Oh, how many of you knew that? Maybe. Buffalo, the Buffalo Braves, I believe, is what they started as. Mm-hmm. And then came here and tried to infringe on our city. We don't think so. Well, I mean, they, San Diego. I, eventually they got yeah. here, Jake. That's my point. They don't belong here. <laughs> We're not going to go down that road. So, does that mean it's my turn? Yes. So we're going to start. I think I have to start as a Lakers fan. I think the Lakers were the first team that I 
latched onto um, early on. I remember back. I remember when we we didn't draft Kobe Bryant. I remember when we acquired Kobe through a trade on draft day. I remember when Shaq came because I remember the days before them when it was Nick Van Exel and Jerome Campbell and Vladi Divac and Eddie Jones and Rick Fox and all these guys who were there um, before Shaq and Kobe came. And so that was really the start of me watching them. Um, I remember when Space Jam came out and and Del Harris and Vladi Divac are in Space Jam just as like side characters. I think Vladi was on Charlotte by then though, but I don't remember. Um, but yeah, being a Lakers fan for the last 20, 25 years probably has been a lot more greatness than not. Uh, being able to watch two of probably the 10 greatest players of all time in our league play for our team. And now with LeBron here, that's a third that's up there. Not yeah. that I'm super stoked about that, but we oh, can get I into am. that some other time uh, about me and my lack of just enthusiasm about LeBron James. Can I add something real quick? You may. Um, you brought up Space Jam, and I want you to know that Space Jam is older than I am. Yikes. So here we are. Me feeling old again. Story of my life. So, so that's the Lakers. Uh, number two would probably have to be the Angels. Um, again, been with them the longest after the Lakers, though I didn't start as an Angels baseball fan. I did start as a Dodgers fan, and I really do give a lot of... Um, I'm not super stoked when people talk about the Dodgers because when I was a kid, I was a Dodgers fan. They, from 1992 to 1996, they had every rookie of the year in the National League. Eric mm-hmm. Carlos in 92, Mike Piazza in 93, Raul Mondesi in 94, Hideo Nomo in 95, Todd Hollinsworth in 96. I was stoked. How could you not be stoked about a team that had five rookies of the year, super talented dudes? And by, Until. I believe, 1998, they were all gone. Yep. They no longer were on the team. Eric Carlos had gone to the Cubs at some point. Piazza had gone to the Marlins, then the Mets. Mondesi, I think, went to the Blue Jays. Hollinsworth went to the Rockies. It was like Nomo went to the Tigers and ended up playing on a couple other teams, I think. So it was like, oh, so we're just going to be this organization that gets rid of all our good players. Cool. I'm out. So switched over to the Angels. And, you know, it kind of helps that the movie Angels in the Outfield mm-hmm. came out in the early 90s when I was like eight years old. So impressionable young man watching a cool movie and watching all my favorite players leave got me to the angels so i remember back back in those early days marcel latchman is the as the manager nobody knows who that is but i know because that was that was how it was spike owen damian easley went to lakewood high school um so yeah that those those were the times and you know i was in i was a junior no the start of my senior year when the angels won the world series in 2002 and that was year. pretty exciting to watch that happen. And now we have the best player in the world. We've had him for seven years, and we get him for the rest of his career. More. Hopefully, and that's a lot of fun. The rest of the team may not be super great, hey. but you know, when we get healthy and hopefully sign Joe Madden coming up, it'll be fine. And Garrett Cole, <laughs> I that would be great, but I really don't know how that's going to happen. Um, next would probably have to be the Ducks. Although, I don't know. probably I probably follow the Rams a little more closely. I, I was going to say, I'm surprised I, you didn't say the Rams. I probably have to go with the Rams. Uh, going back, when I first started watching football, we didn't have a team in L.A. Because um, I started paying attention right when the Raiders and Rams both left. The first Super Bowl I ever watched was the Chargers 49ers Super Bowl. And the 49ers mm. just whacked the Chargers so bad. Um, 
And so without a team in LA, I just kind of bandwagoned. So the Cowboys won the next year. So I was kind of a Cowboys fan. And then the Packers, I believe the next year was the Packers. And I was like, oh, this Brett Favre Brett guy Favre, is pretty yeah. cool. And then the Broncos won back to back. I was like, oh, I could get behind John Elway and, <clears throat> and Terrell Davis and Ed McCaffrey and Rod Smith. This is tight. And then, then John Elway retires. And then now the St. Louis Rams make it to the Super Bowl against the Tennessee Titans. And that was when I first started playing fantasy football. And that year, Kurt Warner came out of nowhere. And Marshall Falk just exploded after being on the Colts and coming to the Rams. And during that season, I said, you know what? I got this. I'm going to be a Rams fan from now on. So I was hardcore bandwagoner for a while. And then the 1999 season culminating in the Super Bowl in the year 2000. Mike Jones making the tackle at the one-yard line on Kevin Dyson to secure us a Super Bowl was pretty awesome. So I've been a Rams fan for 19-plus years now, seen Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce be great, seen a bunch of our great defensive players. We've I, I miss London Fletcher. I loved having Dre Bly before he left, Aeneas Williams. Um, got Leonard Little and Grant Wistrom and all these dudes, and those are all from like the early 2000s. And... Then we were horrible. We were for a very so long time. bad for like 10 years. It was just miserable being a Rams fan. And then they come back to L.A. and they're still bad because Jeff Fisher just was not a good coach for us. And, or anyone. And then we, hey, he got the Titans to a Super Bowl. <laughs> but come to L.A. and I get to, get to see my team in person. Um, that was really cool, even though the first game I ever went to in L.A. was against the Falcons, and we fumbled the opening kickoff, and then mm. they scored on the next play, and we proceeded to lose like a lot to a little, and that was depressing. But it's really cool having the Rams <laughs> in L.A., and now we're great again. Made it to the Super Bowl. I know everyone's going to be like, oh, but you got crushed in the Super Bowl. We made it to the Super Bowl. 30 other teams didn't, so there's that. Um, so, yeah, so Rams fan, and then I guess lastly we can put the Ducks. I did have a period where I was a Ducks fan, and then – I wasn't a Ducks fan for a little bit. I was a Senators fan. That lasted a year, and I realized I couldn't keep doing that, so I went back to the Ducks. But both of my parents, my mom and my stepdad, were huge Kings fans when I was growing up. And the Mighty Ducks came out in 1992. So again, impressionable young six-year-old with adults who like one team, and I'm be like, nah, I'm going to do this other thing. So I remember the early days of Paul Correa and Timo Solani and Guy Hebert and Steve Ruchin and Kevin Sauer and all these dudes. Um... And it's just been since. We wasn't a huge fan of the switch to, to black and orange when the Samuelis took over, but it's grown on me. Still always going to be teal and purple, but, you know, that's the way it goes. We've had a struggle last couple of years, too. But, you know, I'm, I'm all about uh, doing this now and being, being a Ducks fan. So those are the four pro, the four, like, major sports. I'm also a big USC fan. Um, as Jake shakes his head, big UCLA fan. <laughs> so was. okay. So how did you become UCLA fan? Then? What do you mean was? Uh, I don't really follow them as much these days because they suck. Wow, um, fair weather. Fan well, no, for college it's kind of just like you watch the good games. But I became a UCLA fan because my freshman year of high school there was this senior named Alec, oh, named player. I don't know <laughs> if I should say his name. Actually, well, he's where he's in the league at so UCLA. I, well, he went to UCLA and then Oh, somebody oh at So he was a senior Got it. he was a senior at Los Al when I was a freshman. Yep. And then he went to UCLA and played and now he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm pretty sure he's still on the team. Um <laughs> he played for them 
And so that was kind of like why I followed UCLA because I'm like, I had a class with this guy. Like, it's so cool. He one time picked me up like with one hand and like made me touch the roof and it was insane. And so I'm like, I'll follow you. And then now I know another guy who's playing for UCLA. So our few guys, actually, if you count other sports, because I know someone on the baseball team and the football team right now. So that's, yeah, that's my thing is like, I don't root just for USC football. Like I'm a USC fan. So if mm-hmm. USC's on, I'm rooting for USC, even over my alma mater, Cal State Long Beach. Like I've been a USC fan since I like 1997. Mm-hmm. So the reason that came about, my best friend in middle school, his cousin is Brian Scalabrini. Mm. Now that name may not mean a lot to a lot of you, but if you have watched basketball at all the last 15 years, you know that Kobe Bryant's nickname is Black Mamba. Brian Scalabrini's nickname is White Mamba. And his, there are a couple like highlight compilations of him that are amazing and hilarious because they're just, he's just this big, unathletic, unathletic looking white dude who pulls off moves that still look unathletic, but he makes them work. And he happened to have one really good playoff series when he was on the Nets um, that got him a lot of money. But back when I was in middle school, he played for USC. Back when USC had a good basketball team, they had guys like Sam Clancy and Jeff Trepanier and Adam Spanich and Brandon Granville. And so we made it to the NCAA tournament. Yes, I say we about my teams because I'm emotionally invested. I like right now my heartbeat is racing because I'm talking about all this stuff. Because I remember when we were good and then we lost to Duke in like the Sweet 16 or the Elite oh, Eight. Oh, Duke. And that was back when I hated Duke. Like Shane Badier just annoyed the crap out of me. But <laughs> we don't have to go too deep into the woods. But that's how I became a USC fan because mm-hmm. of basketball. And then that just carried over to football. And then I got to experience all the Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, and so on yeah uh, with all of them and we've had some pretty good times you know we've uh, given up had to give up a national championship and a heisman here and there because of some sanctions but ncaa is corrupt we're gonna move on so that's why i'm a usc fan too but there you go so those are our teams we're going to talk about some of our just favorite athletes of all time so you can kind of get a sense of who we are too in that respect because i think that says a lot before we get there we bit of bit of research from the research department, a.k.a. me. Um, Blake Bortles does have a brother. Hmm. His name is Colby. Colby, like... <clears throat> like Colby okay. Jack Cheese. Like beef, yeah. No, Colby not beef. like Kobe beef. Oh, Colby, Colby beef, my C- bad. C-O-L-B-Y, Colby Bortles. And according to Wikipedia, we want to get our sources straight, Colby was a third baseman with the Ole Miss baseball team and was drafted in the 22nd round of the 17 draft by the Tigers. Wow, would you look at that? So I forget that there's also a hundred a hundred rounds in the MLB yeah, draft. Yeah, there's. I'm pretty sure I could get drafted in the MLB draft right now. But there's that. So anyway, now that we cleared that up, Jake, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time? So up top, you got to have Aaron Rodgers because without Aaron Rodgers, we wouldn't have had a Super Bowl. Without Aaron Rodgers, we wouldn't have had a team for many of years because he is this magical unicorn of a football player that makes plays happen that shouldn't happen. And normal quarterbacks, they throw that ball and it's returned for six yards instead, or not six yards, six points instead of six points for our team. So it's, 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 it's crazy to be able to watch someone play that well and good on your team for that long. Plus, you know, he's going to be first bout hall of famer because of he's already in the hall of fame with his, highest passer rating ever and touchdown interception ratio. It's just insane that we get to watch him. And then 
probably a very close second who is also a no doubt Hall of Famer. I can't really say that about all three of my guys, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> so, but different sport. So Mike Trout, because we've never seen a baseball player like Mike Trout play like Mike Trout, and the fact that he is on the Angels, and I can go 35 minutes down the freeway and watch him play and be this incredible human and athlete. It's just insane. And my number three is uh, another Hall of Famer, uh, Drew Brees, because if you watch Drew Brees play, you can see that he is amazing and just he... Passes the eye test. Yeah, of course. Um, It's just amazing what he does on and off the field because he's a very big person inside the New Orleans community and after the hurricane he was kind of like this figure for them where they won the super bowl because of him mostly but you know there's other people that were in it too but <laughs> without drew Brees, they wouldn't have won that super 52 bowl arguably. other people on the roster yes but arguably he was the best one but you also see how good of a person he is outside because of his time in the community and he how he works the community as well and this, this third place was not an easy decision for you. No, there were several other people that I was considering, but Drew Brees was definitely the choice to make. It, it took a lot to keep Bortles out of your top five. It three. did. It Blake Bortles definitely deserves a spot in my top five. <laughs> uh, so for me, my number one favorite athlete of all time is going to probably be a surprise to a lot of people if you haven't heard, but it's Ken Griffey Jr. Now... There's a reason for that. Growing up, so even though growing up an Angels fan, growing up with probably basketball is my favorite sport and stuff, um, there was something about the way that Ken Griffey Jr. played baseball. Even though his career started in 1989, so mm-hmm. I was like three. And I didn't really start watching baseball until maybe like 1993, 1994. So he was well into his career by then. But you just knew, like, he was in commercials. Like, there weren't a lot of baseball people that were doing commercials mm-hmm. because, like, it was just baseball, like, whatever. But Ken Griffey Jr., just the the attitude that he had, just his joy for the game, the backwards hat thing, like that was all him. Smiling all the time, the swing, like there is no there is no sports video that I could watch repeatedly over and over again more than a Ken Griffey Jr. home run swing. Like there's something about left-handed hitters that their swing just looks a little bit better. But Griffey's start to finish is the most fluid, graceful, powerful piece of athletic movement that I've ever witnessed in my mm-hmm. life. And I could watch that on and on. And and he was one of the best baseball players of all time. Mm-hmm. In the year 2000, I believe, the MLB did an all-centennial team. Like an all, for the 100 years that baseball had existed as the MLB or whatever, they named I think it was about like 25 players. Like these are the best 25 players of all time. And Ken Griffey Jr. was one of them. Like that is saying a lot. That guy was one of the leading home run hitters. Even right now, I think he's like sixth all time, something like that. He's one of the best defensive outfielders of all time. He won 10 straight gold gloves, I think, at one point. Like That's crazy. If his And he's playing at the same time as Barry Bonds. We all would agree that Barry Bonds is still one of the best players of all time. You are going to have your opinions about the steroids and all that stuff, but... You can't say that Barry Bonds wasn't a great hitter. Barry Bonds is one of the best players of all time also. But Ken Griffey Jr., like 
there is no doubt that he is not even remotely connected to steroids because his body did naturally break down. Like we saw that happen, that he had injuries and it limited mm -hmm. his career and it limited his production at the end. Um, when you didn't see that with older guys like Barry Bonds and Rafael Palmeiro and some of these guys. So, so for me, like everything about that, even to this day, Ken Griffey Jr. is still around the game a lot. He was just at like a high school All-America game where he was talking to guys and hanging out. Um, he, he goes to like, his sons are super athletic. One of them played football for the university of Arizona. And so Griffey was down on the sideline, like as a photographer, just hanging out, taking pictures because like, that's a passion of his. And mm -hmm. he just like, Griffey just loves life. And so I've loved that about him watching his career play out and knowing that he's one of the all time greats and he's just a happy dude. He just loves life. And I love that. So Griffey will always be number one for me. Number two is Jackie Robinson. I, it's on all my, um, every time I have to associate a number with something for me, whether it's on an account or whatever, the number's 42 every single time. The jerseys I wear, I wear 42. If I tell you to pick a number one to a hundred, the number is 42, 100% of the time. Like that's just how that works. Um, there is no individual who is more important to the sports climate in the history of our country than Jackie Robinson. So much so that Jackie Robinson has to be one of the top 10 people in the history of our country, like important people because of what he did. And it's hard for a lot of people nowadays to relate to it. Jackie, he broke the color barrier in 1947. That's 72 years ago. Yeah, That's a long time ago. But in 1947, baseball was the sport mm -hmm. in America that everyone paid attention to. Like boxing was popular and horse racing were popular. The NFL was like barely a thing. It wasn't what we know now. The first Super Bowl was in 1967, yeah, 20 say, years later. It wasn't the NFL. The actually. NHL only had six teams in it. It was still the original six. Mm -hmm. The NBA was nothing. Like so, But MLB, baseball, baseball mattered across the country in a way that we can't even fathom now. And so... For that to happen, for him to take on what he took on, again, to to take all of that hatred and all of the, the difficulties that came with it and to go out and be one of the best players of all time still, mm -hmm. to go out and not just be good enough. Like he could have just gone out there and been good enough and it would have mm -hmm. been like, okay, these people, they can play with us. He wasn't just good enough. He was great. Mm -hmm. He had to be great to prove everything all of that stuff wrong and he did and he set the stage for what sports look like now for what culture looks like again that was 20 years before the civil rights movement yeah, I was really saying, took it hold it was not a time that you'd think that that happened because of all the bad stuff that was happening everywhere exactly yet he was able to go out there and be like hey well, let me just uh, be amazing at this real quick <laughs> so and and it wasn't just baseball. He went to UCLA. He grew up out here in California. He was, I'm pretty sure he was an All-American in football, basketball, baseball, and track. That's insane. A handful. <laughs> so much. That kind of thing can't happen now because kids grow up and they are specialized. So they choose one sport early and focus on that one sport. And some kids play multiple sports, but really there's a specialization that happens in high school that doesn't do too much now. For what's going on but jackie robinson he was an all-america in college at four major sports that is incredible so just the athlete he was the person he was 
like there's a reason his number was retired throughout all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Every team chooses a few numbers to retire because those those individuals are really important to their organization. Jackie Robinson is the only number that is retired in the entire league. Nobody can ever wear the number 42 again because that's how important Jackie Robinson was. And that is, I think that's insane. That's incredible. There's only one other number in all of the four major sports that's retired throughout its league, and that's Wayne Gretzky's number 99. And I can go into a whole big thing about that, but that's based strictly on performance. Wayne Gretzky is the best hockey player who's ever played the statistics no one else is even close and we're just going to move on from that so but for Jackie Robinson just who he was the person he was what he overcame and how he excelled despite all that will for always for me will always stand up to everything um and then third who did I say was going to be third oh it was like a tie I think I said it was going to be a tie between uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant Mm -hmm. Kobe we kind of talked about earlier, Kobe was just the man. Like it, growing up, when I grew up, watching the entirety of Kobe Bryant's career, like a lot of people can easily hate on Kobe. You can say he shot too much. You can say he didn't pass enough. You can say he was selfish. You can say he ran Shaq out of town. You can say all of that. But unless you watch the Lakers from 1997 to 2014 when he retired, 2015, 16, I don't know. Unless you watch Kobe for those 20 years, like you, you can't know. You had to watch every game day in mm-hmm. and day out to understand what Kobe meant to that team and to this league and to us as individuals. And the city of Los Angeles. Because think about all these great players now. Like, how many teams has LeBron been on? Dwayne Wade switched a bunch of teams. Like, players move. Kobe and Tim Duncan are the only two players in the last 30 years who, like, didn't – who played more than 10 years and played them all on the same team. Mm -hmm. Like, that is an incredible statement for him to make. Did he threaten to leave once or twice? Yes. Did he? No. He stayed with us the entire time. Gave everything he had. You knew Kobe was going out there with the intention of winning every single game. He brought that every single time. And that's why he got Black Mamba. Black Mamba is a very dangerous snake. Kobe Mm -hmm. went out there and he was dangerous, man. Um, Elusive. So for me, growing up with with that, that's why Kobe's up there. But Michael Jordan, to me, sets the standard. If you you ask me who the greatest basketball player of all time is, I, I have relinquished and I will now say LeBron James for a lot of reasons. But if you tell me I have one game to win, and that I can draft anybody in the history of basketball. I have one game to win. What one player am I drafting first before anyone else? I'm taking Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the ultimate assassin. Michael Jordan did not care who you... Michael Jordan would make up stuff that you said just so he could get pissed off at you so he could destroy you. Mm -hmm. That's how cold-blooded Michael Jordan was. Michael Jordan is taking the last shot at the end of the game. Michael Jordan is doing whatever he wants on a basketball court. And... Even off the court. So on the court, he changed the game too. Michael Jordan made the game an aerial game in the 80s. That was not how the game was played. He changed it. All these massive dunkers and stuff that came out in the early 90s, that is all because of Michael Jordan. It takes a special kind of player to literally change how the game is played, to change what is cool. Because today, now it's Steph Curry. Steph Curry shooting the threes. Now everybody wants to shoot a three. But in the 90s, everybody was trying to dunk. Like there's, There isn't even a phrase right now that's be like Steph. No. In the 90s, it was be like Mike. Michael Jordan, so so from a standpoint on the court, he did all that. Off the court, endorsements? Michael Jordan literally with Nike, Gatorade, and Hanes, three massive companies, single-handedly created them almost. Single-handedly made all of them explode into what they were because of who he was. And he made the game international. I could go on for this for a very long time. <laughs> I've taken up so much time. Again, I get passionate about this stuff, and my heart's racing again because I love talking about all that. So... So it's a tie with Jordan and Kobe at third. Um, Trout is like, 
if Jordan and Kobe are three A and three B, Trout is like three point. I don't know what Trout's right below that. That, yeah, that was just not... a lot of fun. To, I was going to categorize a different way, and that didn't work out. Um, so that's that's who we are. That's where we're at. We're going to talk about a lot, of, a lot more sports stuff in the future with um, what's who our players are, who our teams are. Again, mm-hmm. we welcome we welcome the discussion. Feel free to to at us. Right now would be a good time to plug us. Feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at from Bob's Office. F R O M B O B S O F F I C E at from Bob's Office. That was impressive. I I practiced this morning, just a little bit. So yeah, Twitter and Instagram we're on there. No um, longer impressive. I meant. To, <laughs> dang, I meant to. I'm going to create a Gmail account. So feel free to email us at some point. Hopefully, from Bob's office should be available. It'll be from Bob's office at gmail.com. Let's really hope. I got to admit, I was surprised that from Bob's office was a domain that existed for Twitter, like that I easily got it for Twitter and mm. Instagram because it didn't seem like that unique of a thing, but no one else had it. So I'm totally happy to take that on myself. Um, so, yeah, from Bob's office, find us, hit us up, give us questions, comments, concerns. It'll help create content for us, it'll entertain us, and we'd love to get into that. Um, so now that we've done all that intro stuff, did you want to, talk, did you want to bring up one of your topics? Jake made a list of topics that we could talk about. And so yes. They're pretty entertaining. We can't get to all of them because we'd be here literally all day and I got stuff to do and he has stuff to do and y'all have stuff to do. So on that list, like what's one thing, maybe, oh, maybe a couple of things. I know it's going to be hard to pick one. I believe in you. Oh, there's a lot of really good ones. Um, most of them have been about the football last week and how I noticed there were a lot of goods and bads and a lot of controversy in a way also because what is and what isn't a dirty hit is kind of one that I want to get into. So what, so the people have context, what brought that up? So there were several plays, um, this week where players are, where offensive players were hit in the head necessarily head first by other players like, so in the Thursday night game, Jamal Williams, running back for a Green Bay Packers, was hit, was tackled, already being tackled and whistle blown dead. And then a defensive end from the Philadelphia Eagles, something Bennett, I think Derek Bennett? I don't know. He came in and made helmet-to-helmet contact with him after the play was dead. And he had to be, le- like, he left to the hospital on a stretcher and... Reports are coming in that he was not able to move any of his body and concerned of him being paralyzed was a big issue. And later in that game, two defensive players for the Eagles also hit head to head during a, during a tackle. And that player also was rushed to the hospital. And I haven't heard much from him because I don't follow really up on them. And then later, I believe, was it this was a Sunday afternoon when the Raiders, a Raiders linebacker, uh, what's his name? Vontez Perfect. Perfect. That's what it was. I knew it was something unique. Um, he perfect was unique, but Vontez wasn't. Uh, both were, but thing, yeah. I didn't want to try the first thing. I understand. Um, he is a repeat offender of hitting people in the head or a blindsided tackle where people do not necessarily are ready for the hit. And he hit a tight end for the Colts, which did it was an unnecessary hit into the head. And he's now, well, he was 
quote unquote suspended for the rest of the season, but he's appealing it, so we'll see where it actually leads. But so like my question is, is like what is a dirty hit? And is the punishment for a year for him too much or too little? So I think the so it's really hard to gauge intent, right? Like you can look at a history and say, well, this guy has a history, so the intent has to be there. In the moment, intent is difficult. Um, I didn't really listen to all of what Derek Carr said. Did you see that Derek Carr had mm-hmm. he so he had a press conference earlier this week? And he was like defending Vontez Perfect and was like, this mm. guy's trying to change and you don't know him and all this stuff. And like, okay, Derek Carr's the quarterback and he's like the team leader. And I know he he's got to say not throw like his teammate under the bus. Um, but I feel like there are some better ways to like do that and not just be like, no, it's fine. It's okay. Because it's clearly not okay. Perfect literally led with his helmet into the helmet of Jack Doyle. And... Again, that's not the first time. And so the NFL like has the penalties for that. But like you got to know. And to me, it's really annoying now because like I've never played organized football. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But I watch a lot of organized football. And kids are terrible at tackling. Like Very. So I don't know when that starts. I don't know when the first – like I don't know when kids are first wearing pads because that varies kid to kid, league to league, whatever. I don't know who's in charge of teaching how to tackle. But like – you're supposed to make a solid form tackle, shoulder into like chest or hip, wrap, do all that stuff. At no point in that process of leading with your shoulder, wrapping your arms around the waist, driving through, pull, taking them to the ground, at no point is your helmet hitting the other person's helmet. It should never. <laughs> like like that, you would, a lot of people would have to like jump to do that. <laughs> like that's, so, and I understand like runners, like they, they're diving, so they're going to lower the head or they're going to do this with, I get that, but you're a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. If I have the ability to like drop my phone out of my pocket and catch it before it hits the ground because I reacted that fast, and I, these professional athletes should be able to adjust their angle a little bit in time. And not potentially paralyze someone. <laughs> or themselves, right? Like yeah. These guys, how many times have we seen guys come in and they hurt themselves because of the contact? So... What's a dirty hit? I think we can all like watch and go, that was a dirty hit. Like there's no, you can't create a rule. This makes for a dirty hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can all pretty much see it. And so I, there's, as soon as I saw the hit, cause I saw Burfick's name come up first and I was like, oh, okay, he did it again. And then yeah. I saw the highlight and I was like, yeah, that's, that's what he does. So do you think the year is the right move? Based and- on the number of suspensions he's already accrued, like I don't see why not. I, for one, arguably think that he should possibly be either kicked out of the league or at least warned that he could be kicked out of the league if it happens again. Because this happening so many times, it's in a way not teaching him that suspensions aren't teaching him that, hey, this is bad. Sometimes you just are who you are. (laughs) And it doesn't change. I found, so I looked up uh, the history of Vontez Perfect bad hits and it goes all the way back to him being at corona centennial high school Mm, local where he graduated from 2009 and he had a dirty hit on matt barkley who was the quarterback for modern day at the time and so that happened then perfect goes to arizona state university and there were a couple times there was one hit against the idaho state quarterback that he made a dirty play and um 
there's a game against maybe Oregon State on there. I don't know. I'm cruising through this. He comes into the league. He's on the Bengals. And literally, here is – there's dates. There's just like a list of dates that things happen. September 22nd, 2013. October 13th, 2013. October 27th, 2013. October 12th, 2014. November 1st, 2015. December 13th, 2015. January 9th, 2016. October 16th, 2016. November 20th, 2016. August 2017. November 2017. March 2018. October 14th, 20. Like, it just goes and goes and goes. That's like a dozen if, different if things. If there is no end, there's an issue. Like So so I'm totally okay. Like I know he's a football player. I know this is his livelihood. I know, you know, that what you can't risk he's literally risking people's health out there on the field, mm. continuing to play like this, including his own. Cause one of those hits is gonna paralyze him. Yeah, it's highly possible that it so, hits him hard. So I feel players. like the NFL they have to do this to protect the rest of their players in the league and to protect him. Maybe maybe getting a year off tells him, I need to figure out something else to do with my life so that I can be productive somewhere else and not risk injury to myself or to other people. So I'm I'm on board with this suspension. Some say that his hit on Antonio Brown was it two years ago or last year? I, That's what changed Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not a uh, neurosurgeon or psychologist or whoever would be in charge of knowing that kind of thing. Um, but let's get, that was in, that was January, 2016. I'm watching the play right here. And it's not great. Was that the Antonio Brown? Hit? No, that was something else. No, but, but the that was him. Brown being one was pretty bad. Oh, it was below. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just Antonio Brown goes up for a catch over the middle and perfect. Just shoulder right to the face, right into the face mask of Antonio Brown. After he clearly does not have the ball, it's very obvious. Brown goes up, does not have the ball. He's coming down, and Burfitt goes out of his way to just launch his shoulder right into Brown's head. So there's just no room for that in the league. The league has to crack down on that. And with Burfitt, there's too big of a history, and I'm I'm for the suspension. Yep. Do we have time for one more? Well, we got We got time. Okay, so... The next one I want to cover is rookie quarterbacks. Rookie quarterbacks. I have a kind of biased opinion, but not necessarily, because the first the first few quarterbacks taken off the board have they have their ups and downs, it seems like, but they've all been outplayed by one quarterback taking them in the sixth round. <laughs> that quarterback being Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew the second. That part's important. Yes. Except his dad doesn't go by Gardner. His true. dad goes by, I believe, Flint. <laughs> and if you see this man, he looks more like a boulder than a Flint. <laughs> okay. It's not wrong. This His dad is very large. But yeah, so most of the... like So Kyler Murray has his ups and downs where he looks like he can lead an offense. And then he looks up and he can't see past his O-line. Um, Daniel smart. Jones comes in and is playing extremely well. I have no problem with him, but he was hated and by the fan base. And then there's Dwayne Haskins yep. right, for the um, Washington Redskins, which yep. name change possibly. Um, <laughs> Washington Redskins. Uh, he 
is from what I've heard, he's hated by coaches and stuff like that for his work ethic and stuff like that around the team. So him being put in was a surprise and he probably won't be starting next week, even though he played not great. So <laughs> kind of explains a lot. Quick, quick review of the quarterbacks that were drafted in this year's draft. So number one overall, Kyler Murray to Arizona out of Oklahoma. Number two, so number six overall, Daniel Jones to the Giants out of Duke. The aforementioned Dwayne Haskins to the Redskins, number 15 overall out of Ohio State. Second round, number 42 overall, Drew Locke from Missouri to Denver, who looks like he is taking over now. Flacco he, got benched. Not think, yet. Or uh, Flacco will be benched in either week six or eight, okay. depending on when he can come back from injury reserve. So it's coming up. So these are all like these are all rookies who are getting playing time right now. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. Third round, 100th pick overall to the Panthers out of West Virginia, Will Greer. Now, here's why this entertains me. There, a couple years ago, when Vine was like super big, there were, I mean, there's like teenagers all over the place who are big because of Vine and all this stuff making videos. There were two guys in particular, Nash Greer and Hayes Greer, who were brothers, who would put up like really weird, random, funny videos. And they were like really, really big names on the Vine scene. Like they were huge. They're the younger brothers of Will Greer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's and when I found that out, that just cracked me up. Because if you go into like their Instagram and stuff, like, yeah, that's who like they're <laughs> they're brothers. And so to have these two social media influencers and then their older brother is a professional quarterback, it just it cracks me up. Did he make the team? I, I there's an asterisk over here. I don't know why. I'm assuming he's. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I just love that story. Um, then you got Ryan Finley out of North Carolina State going to the Bengals, 104th overall. You got Jarrett Stidham out of Auburn going to the Patriots, 133rd overall. This So as good of a name as Gardner Minshew is, the name Easton Stick. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be like if I were playing baseball. I'd be like, hand me my Easton Stick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's a different name for a bat. Like, it doesn't make sense. But that's his name, and he's from North Dakota State. Who else is from North Dakota State? Carson Wentz. Oh. I think. Or is it South Dakota State? I feel like South Dakota State. We'll look State. that up later. Uh, I think it close was. enough. But, yeah, so he's on the Chargers. <clears throat> and then, yeah, Gardner Minshew, the second to last quarterback taken. Last quarterback taken. So Minshew, we didn't mention, was out of Washington State. Um, and the last quarterback taken, 197th overall, Trace McSorley from Penn State. You might remember him from playing in the Great Rose Bowl thing. against USC a couple years ago. McSorley, get out of here! We're not we're not talking about Marty McSorley, the cheater that cost you guys a Stanley Cup championship. Moving on. Um, so yeah, I don't know. A couple of those guys are playing really well. Kyler Murray, that first game against Detroit, man, he looked terrible for three quarters, mm -hmm. and then he looked like a freaking Hall no, of Famer he, in the fourth quarter. He has very he has back. glimpses of perfection, but he is not very reliable. I would say because have they won a game yet? Because they, they drafted him and traded Rosen away to win games. And They're 0-3-1. Okay. Rosen ain't winning any games either. So, yeah, that, that's not a win. <laughs> not, well, right. I, I would still have Rosen over him probably. I would not, yes. I would not have made that trade. I, but if I, were Curly, Ky, Kyler, if I were Kyler Murray, I would have played baseball. <laughs> that is also true. That's some good guaranteed money A's that he had from the, the A's. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. not anymore. Well, he wouldn't have been playing, but... 
Oh, well. So, I mean, you got Murray who's doing some stuff. You got Daniel Jones who's undefeated in his two starts with the Giants. I don't anticipate that lasting much longer because the Giants are terrible. I'm pretty sure they play the Patriots soon? Yes, they're going to get... No, the Redskins are playing the Patriots this week. Well, I'm pretty sure the Giants play them in imagine. the next couple of weeks the Giants also, though. have the Vikings this week. So they're not going to do well. I, uh, I, even though it's at home, I heard an analyst who was like, I'm taking Mike Zimmer against a rookie quarterback. I said, I'm on board with that. I like that analysis. So I am also not putting a lot of faith in Daniel Jones this week. So, yeah, we got some... Fun, interesting quarterbacks. Uh, the golden. You love Gardner, Gardner so like, well, is there more see, that you want to talk about with Gardner? Um, his completion rate, his completion is currently sixty nine point four twenty, which is <laughs> you had statistically to say it like awesome. That. You had um, to say it like that. He is breaking records. I don't have the exact records up right now, but he's several rookie records that he's broken already, including he's like the highest graded rookie through four games, like ever, which is insane. Those and are quick stats that I'm not going to be able to pull up very fast, so we'll oh. just assume Jake is right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. If not, um, tweet at me at Jake <laughs> underscore Mathis if I'm wrong. No, tweet at the show. I tweet mean, you at can the show Follow also. us, too. We would take the follow. He's Jake underscore Mathis. I'm at jbomber42. But, again, the show is at from Bob's office. Yes. Feel free to hit us up there. But So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. We're willing to be wrong. because And also, he is just igniting a light that the other quarterbacks aren't necessarily... He's bringing a team that looked terrible last year. Well, the Giants also looked terrible last year. Um, <laughs> but he's bringing that team in, into what is a very hard division right now because they're two and two. All the all four teams are two and two, so it's a very close division. He's definitely he's definitely pretty big in helping this. So that pause was my fault because ever since people put up the completion percentage thing. I thought, there's no way it's that close. And I looked it up, and it's 84 completions and 121 attempts. So I put that in my calculator on my phone, and it says 69.421. But I'm willing to secede that thousandth of a percentage for it to be a fun number. <laughs> Alas. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about um, rookie okay. quarterbacks. Okay. We'll uh, get back to that next week to see how they actually yeah. play. We So, we anticipate that's the sports segment. We are going to, when we have guests. Oh, I had one more kind of oh, announcement. For, all right, we'll do the. <laughs> Mike Trout was named player of the year by baseball diggist, which is, is that not how it's pronounced? It's it's red diggist, it looks like. I True. It looks that way. Um, but then I would ask you, your stomach is part of what system in your body? It wouldn't be the digestion system. It would be the digest. So oh. we're gonna go with we're gonna go with baseball digest on that one in that, case you feel like that was that my fault, definitely. That's okay. We're here to educate. That's the um, biggest baseball magazine ever, though. It's pretty up there. Uh, but baseball prospectus is probably pretty high too. But Mike Trout players of the year. Digest is a big deal. Yeah, I mean. I'm okay with that. Best player in baseball, getting player of the year. Makes sense to me. Uh, I know a lot of you are going to throw out Cody Bellinger and uh, say all that stuff. <laughs> and and Anthony Rendon had a great year. And Alex Bregman came on super strong at the end. I'm not going to refute any of that. But we're allowed to have biases on our show and because it's our show. So we're going to vote for Mike Trout, and we're going to love that. Is it a bias if it's true, though? I think it can be a bias that is true, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really... 
I'm not a philosophy major, so we're going to have to bring somebody in who knows, knows more about that stuff. I don't know that any can of those. Tell us. <laughs> you don't know any philosophy majors? I, I feel like I got to know somebody. I think so. Look, Bob's going to be in here on Tuesday. He's a smart guy. He'll tell us what bias is and whether that works. Is it confirmed Bob is going to be here? It or is confirmed. Just, okay. It's even on his calendar. It's not on his calendar. So we are <laughs> legitimately in Bob's office. So I can see his calendar on the wall. This Saturday, beach party. Um, I'll be at a wedding, so I can't go. But that's going to be a fun beach party. He did not write us in on his calendar on the wall, which is unfortunate. But I was there when he hand wrote it in his calendar in person. I saw it. So confirmed we will have the Bob of from Bob's office. Bob will be in his office with us next week. Um, he's going to be our first guest because we felt that'd be appropriate for the host of the show exactly. to be the first guest on the show. Um, are we are we good on our topics? Or are we going to move on? I just wanted to play on to leap year. It was twenty nine days. Oh, in February. in twenty twenty, yes. Mark oh, yes, that's what I meant. It's coming leap. <laughs> it's I have glasses now, so I can actually read this. This small is numbers. true. He startled me earlier when he had glasses on. It was a new look, and I'm for it. Um, so yeah, mark that on your calendars. Although I guess if you buy a calendar, it's already marked. You don't have to add in February twenty ninth. It's already there. But. I do. February 2020 is a leap year. So if you have a birthday on February 29th, congratulations. congratulations. You get to You're going to be, year. I think, five, <laughs> depending on how old you are. Yeah, what? I, not I not everybody who was that, born. Um, excuse that one, Yikes. actually. So, um, yeah. So what the show is going to look like is we want to have an opening sports segment like we just did. Our guests are going to be involved. We're going to talk to them about their personal sports histories and stuff and get their opinions on what's going on. We didn't talk about um, our personal sports history. Yeah. We're going to move on. <laughs> we can literally be here all day. We can, uh, uh, actually, we can give quick little synopsis. I'll do mine really quick. When I, in high school, okay, I grew up playing Little League Baseball, YMCA Basketball, played a couple years of, of street hockey. Um, when I went to high school, I played tennis all four years. Uh, I'm 6'7", for those of you who don't know, and so everyone, like, assumes that I play basketball. I do play basketball. I grew up playing basketball, but I was terrible when I was a kid. I was so bad. I was not aggressive or any of that stuff, so I didn't. So anyway, so me and my best friend, when we went to sign up for sports in high school, we were like, we're not going to play basketball because we're terrible. We're not going to play football because we're going to die. We're not going to – nobody plays hockey. So we were looking around like, what are we going to do? So we go to golf. We're like, we can play golf. We don't have to hit anyone. We get to do our own thing. We got this. We go into golf. There's like 60 people in there ready to sign up for golf. We're like, well, we're not going to beat all them. What's next? So we go to tennis. We're like, ah, oh, we can do tennis. Show up to tennis. There's like two people in there. Heck yeah. Signed up for tennis. Ended up playing tennis all four years in high school. So that was fun. Ended up playing one year of basketball because the coach was like, you should just try out anyway. I tried out, made the team, rode the bench all year. 13th man. Let's go. Uh, that's an embarrassing thing to be a part of. I quit. I'm not proud that I quit, but I'm also not. I mean, anyway. So did that. And then when I went to college, I didn't do anything for a while. And then I found the wonderful sport of Ultimate Frisbee that I started playing in the fall of 2007. And 12 years later, I still play it all the time. And I've had the opportunity to play professionally for the Los Angeles Aviators of the American Ultimate Disc League. So if you ever have a chance, check that out because it's a lot of fun. I still play that all the time and it's great. And I still play a lot of basketball on the side and I'm willing to throw a football around or kick a soccer ball around or do any manner of things. That's my sports history. Go. Um, so my sports history includes um, starting off, I did several years of gymnastics. It's between three and five. I can't remember the exact number. 
Um, I love the idea of you bouncing and flipping around. And I stuff. was not Tumbles. great. I think that's why it stopped pretty early. Um, I'm 5'9". Five, five. Nine. How good were you supposed to be? Very. Oh, man. That's when you're supposed to start. Yeah. I'm only 5'9", so I did not play basketball. Um, I played flag football for a year, which I really enjoyed, and I was a Swiss Army knife of positions. But then when it came to high school, I was like, I'm too small. So I went and I ran track for four years, and I was fantastic at that. And yeah, that's my. I am now willing to do any sport if you can uh, make it so I don't look terrible. All right. Oh, and I. <laughs> everything excluding water. I do not do water sports. Yeah, so that's sports. There's us. So, you know, bring any of that stuff up too. We're always willing to talk about any of that. I'm willing to race anyone who wants to race. But your knees are bad. Ah, it will. Cr- I'll cry later. <laughs> I'll rejoice in victory and cry after. That's a good. I like that. That's a good recipe. Rejoice in victory and cry later. That should go on a card. You should submit it to Hallmark or something. Making T-shirts. Nobody already. trademark that. We're gonna trademark that. Do not steal that from Jake, because that's fantastic. Um, so now that so that's the sports segment. We're done with that. We're gonna move on to slightly more personal stuff. We're not going to get too crazy. It's the first episode. Chill out. Don't get too excited. But we do want you to know a little bit more about us and our personal histories. Um, So do you want to start that? Do you want me to start that? I can start it if you kind of guide me on what you want to say. Well, just like personal history stuff. So talking about like the situations we grew up in, our parents or siblings, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I grew up here in Long Beach all of my life. Born and raised. Same house. All 22 years so far. Um, I grew up in a family, uh, where I have an older sister and I had two loving parents. And then when I was in kindergarten, I lost my dad to a heart attack. And then, so I grew up at and going through, uh, that, which was interesting. But, uh, my mom is a, an awesome lady who was able to be both a mom and a dad for a long time until she met my, or meet my stepdad because she known him. But until her and my stepdad got together and finally got married and he is a big part of my life now too. Um, so that's the family part, right? And then what else? Should you I? have siblings? Yeah, I, I did say I have an older sister. Um, she is 30 and she is incredible and she does a lot for me. Um, and then we have kind of an adoptive older brother, even though it's not really adopted, but he lives out in Hawaii and he just had his first kid and it's really exciting and I hope to visit him soon. I feel like we're being very secretive with a lot of like withholding names and stuff. I don't know how we feel about that. Um, I'm just going to put my family on blast and you can decide what you want to okay. do later. <laughs> my mom's name is Jill. My, my birth father's name is Rusty. He passed away. Um, my sister's name is Catherine. We have Jimbo, who is my stepdad. His real name is James, not Jimbo, but that happened. Um, I wish Jimbo was on the birth certificate. That'd be you know there are people that exist who's yes, but that's like in the south. Jimbo. But we're not gonna go make generalizations um, about people. We want everyone to listen to us. So, and then we have uh, Dave, who is out in Hawaii, who just had his son Hunter. Excellent. Well, I have. I was born in 1986. And <laughs> I don't think that, that that information doesn't matter. That's just how I lead into the fact that I was born five days after my mom turned 21. Don't do the math because I don't think my mom just wants everyone to know how old she is. Um, 
and I have never met face to face my biological father. His name's Bill. That's about all I got. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. You didn't know I'd never met him or his name was Bill? Bill. I I knew you didn't know me. Uh, What if it's Bill from bowling? That would, it's not. (laughs) Yikes. I mean, if it was Bill from bowling, that'd be great. That'd also, be awesome. sorry for we love Bill. Bill if I accidentally just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? No. Yeah. There's not We're not accusing Bill. Bill of any nefarious acts 33 years ago. Um, so anyway, so it was just me and my mom early on. We lived with my grandparents for a little bit in Alhambra. And then we lived in a couple of apartments here and there. Moved into a house that my aunt and uncle were uh, remodeling and stuff. And then my mom met who would become my stepdad. They got married in August of 1994. In May of 1997, my half-brother Garrett was born. And then in January of 1999, my half-sister Krista was born. So it was the five of us in the house for a while. My mom is a teacher. She has taught public school for 30-plus years now uh, out in Pico Rivera. And she's she's taught multiple elementary grades, but she's now teaching pre-K. Nope. TK, transitional kindergarten. Oof. Yeah, education system changes every day. And so TK is like a thing now. Um, so that's really cool. My dad's been, my stepdad's been a uh, salesman of sorts for the last 30 years, whether it's like heavy machinery or whatever else, he's been in that industry. Uh, my sister uh, studied at Tennessee for a couple of years, and now she's back here in Long Beach. And my brother is a really good artist. So I found out he's really good with like computers and technology and that kind of stuff. Pretty sure he plays Dungeons and Dragons. So you guys should like connect. Jake's a nerd like that and loves Dungeons and Dragons. I say nerd lovingly because I'm a nerd about other things. <laughs> and so I just can't do Dungeons and Dragons. But if you are a D&D fan, if you were to try connect it, you with should. Jake and that'll happen. I don't He'd have the patience it. or the creativity for that. I, that's not a thing that's ever going to happen for me. I'll like watch. That'll be entertaining. But I can't participate. That's That takes too much work in my head to do. So I will not be doing that. But yeah, that's where they're at. Um, we're supposed to kind of like talk about how we got here. Okay, you can start with that one. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to throw it all out there. So I went to Milliken, graduated class of 2003, went to Cal State Long Beach, graduated from there in 2010. Yes, it took me seven years if you did quick math. Because when I was playing Ultimate Frisbee, you only get, you get so many years of eligibility. I didn't start playing until my fifth year in college. Et cetera, et cetera. Took me seven years to graduate with a business management degree. Um, I was going to go into sports management because I, since middle school, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in sports, be in the front office, do something like that. But God had other plans. And so I started going to church and looking at faith in 2006. I went to Grace Long Beach. And out there, I joined the high school group. After about three years being at the church, I joined the high school group just as a small group leader and worked with them for about eight years. And then in the course of that, a family I knew, um, the mom, Katrina, she is a science teacher at a local Christian middle school. And while I was transitioning, figuring out what I was gonna do, I was delivering silk flowers. If you want a lonely job, have your only only companion for a 40-hour work week be fake flowers and disgruntled end of night shift Costco workers because that is not a fun job. I was very lonely. Um, So I decided to look into coaching. Katrina guided me into teaching through a sequence of events. I taught three years of math and then two years of history at the Christian school. And then two, a little over two years ago, 
I got hired as the youth pastor here at Los Altos Grace. Director of youth ministry. Direct true. I am not I've not been through seminary, so no pastorhood for me. I am a director of student ministries. Um, don't call me that either, because that's just awkward. That when uh, director, I just think of Director Fury, and I'm like, I'm not nearly as cool as Nick Fury, so I can't be on that level. Um, so you just need to lose an eye. <laughs> I don't want to lose an eye. I like both of my eyes. I have good vision right now, so <laughs> we're going to try to keep it that way as long as possible. Um, so that's how I ended up here and doing my thing. How'd you get here? Uh, so I, my sister was friends with the kindergarten teacher kindergarten teacher's daughters so i ended up coming to kindergarten through second grade here at los altos grace was i allowed to say that i've said it okay so (laughs) i i went to kindergarten through second grade here and then i did the summer camp for the last um i'm pretty sure this was either year 16 or this will be year 16 quick public service announcement we have a fantastic elementary and preschool here at Los Altos Grace. So if you need somewhere to send your children or if you know people with children who would love a fantastic place for their kids to go to school, feel free to come by and do a tour and hang out. Okay, go. How impressed are you that I pulled that off so quickly? I, I was going to make a joke where it's like, we're not actually sponsored though. Yeah, we're not. Free ad. We, yeah, that was completely um, from my heart. Free ad. So if uh, we want to sponsor, you know. Um, so <laughs> we'll yeah, we, later. we, um, we I went here We both for, just scratched our back at the same moment. And it was really awkward. I, okay. So, <laughs> so I went Sorry. here for several years, and then I did the summer camp, and I've been part of the church on and off for about 15 to 16 years now. And uh, the last year, I've also been working in high school ministry and helping out, doing whatever various activities I'm supposed to do or I get told to do. Um, you have autonomy. You can do your own thing. You lead games. I do. You lead, I, I, you lead I do discussions games sometimes. And, we had a fantastic game last night, and it was very fun. It involved um, head, knees, shoulders, and then cup. Cup. Yeah. If you haven't played cup, look up cup and play, because it's the simplest game you can play. And We're it's definitely really going to put that in the rotation of playing that often, because everyone seemed to enjoy it. So, Jake also is like fourth in charge at summer camp. Jake runs so. Jake has so much responsibility and leadership at summer camp, and it's great. I- I don't know if that's a legit statement, but I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I do help out quite a bit because I love it. And maybe let's put it this way: there's nobody at church, there's nobody in our church community who looks forward to camp more than you. That is very true. I start planning. Um, I'm going to start planning in probably about a month. But for you next had year. ideas during camp. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, I don't have final. I will start finalizing things in December or January of what I want and then I'll start looking into things and start creating things and I will be every step of the way to help out with camp. And it's kind of crazy that I do that. I just kind of realized that <laughs> it takes a lot of time, but it's fantastic. But it does. So yeah, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. That's where I, at. And so now we're in here, Bob's office. We are. It's pretty cozy in here. It's okay. I it's like a little it. humid. <laughs> Uh, I guess we could. Uh, there is an air conditioner in here. It'd probably make a lot of sound. Where's the remote? I don't think it would make it too much sound. I think the the think cost that's... benefit analysis. Oh, that is. You're right. The cost benefit analysis of turning on the air conditioner versus how much sound it would make would probably be more benefit than cost. That's quick. That's quick little econ from my business days. I did not enjoy that. I won't let you know. <laughs> I, I did not follow well. Uh, so supply and demand has nothing to do with this conversation right now so what 
what's our next topic? Well, we could go into our testimonies. That's what I've written down. Okay, you can uh, start then. <laughs> so, how much time are we going to take? We'll see what happens, you know. we got You got time. You're listening to the podcast. You can pause it, come back later. Do what you want. Have fun. Um, the 405 is pretty busy right now. <laughs> no, it's 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 not busy. At, we don't know what time they're driving at. I mean, yeah. But you also talked about time zones, well, I guess. No one, there's only one 405. The highway is very busy yeah, right now. You know, highway, freeway, again, interstate. Depends, depends where you are. Um, Street light. So, testimony. I did not grow up in a believing household. Um, both of my, my mom and my stepdad grew up in Catholic homes. Um, and we just, that wasn't just a topic of conversation. That's not what we did in our house while I was growing up. Not to say that they were like against it or anything. They were very open to believe what you want to believe. And so, you know, there was room to do that. And I chose to just not care for a long time. Um, I believed God existed. That seemed to make sense. I believed that Jesus existed. That also seemed to make sense um, in terms of being the son of God and resurrecting from the dead and doing all that stuff. I didn't know about all that, but there seemed to be, those things seemed to make sense without me putting too much thought into it. So that went on all through high school and stuff. I knew a couple of friends in high school who were, who were strong believers and I just did not associate with them. I thought they were weird. Um, looking back, they were just extra nice. So if people are extra nice in high school, that's kind of weird. And so I just distanced myself from them. Um, so when I was spike in volume, when I was in college, I was working at a local grocery store, Albertsons. I can say that because it no longer exists. It's actually right now in the process of being torn down. Um, <coughs> oh, you worked at that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's no longer there. I don't know what's going <laughs> in, but I hope it's a sky zone. It was a Hagen or a Hagen no or however that's pronounced. And then that went out of business and it was just empty for like... For like two years, it was just sitting there empty, maybe longer. I really wanted to go inside of that. While it was being demolished or while it was... Well, no, but while it was empty. <laughs> well, I mean... Oh, while it... I don't want to be smashed <laughs> by a falling beam. That's... <laughs> You're fast, just dodge it. That's how... Gravity's anyway. fast. So I was working there. I started working there in, I'm going to say, around August of 2004. And right after I got hired, my friend Micah got hired. And Micah was two years behind me in school. He ended up graduating from Poly in 2006. Um, and Micah is, was a solid believer. That guy lived out the life of a Christian every day in how he acted, how he interacted with people, the things he said, the things he did. He never worked on Sunday because Sunday was a family church day, like no matter what. Like that day was too important to spend with God and to spend with family. So he never worked on Sunday. And I thought that was kind of cool that he was so gung-ho about that. Um, Micah never cussed. Micah wasn't ever partying or doing anything like that. He was just a straightforward, great guy. And he just loved Jesus. And he wasn't weird. <laughs> he, was, he was the first Christian that I met that was a super just cool, normal person. He liked rap and hip-hop. He liked sports. He liked movies. Like, He's just a normal high school dude who loved Jesus, and I hadn't really encountered that before. So we just became really good friends because we had a lot of the same interests. We were pretty close in age. And so, yeah, so we just became friends. We worked together for about a year and a half, almost two years. Um, and 
after a while of working together, he knew that I also liked rap and hip hop. Um, he introduced me to some Christian rap or he, he tried to get me to listen to some Christian rap. And at first I was hesitant because there was a time a while ago when Christian rap was really cheesy and corny. And it was just like, I can't, I can't get on board with that. So he tried once or twice and I was like, I don't know about that. But eventually because it was him, I was like, okay, I'll at least listen to it. And so most people now know who Lecrae is, but remember this is 2006. So this is a long time ago, 13 years ago, right around the release of, it was like right after the release of Lecrae's like first actual album. And so it was Lecrae as part of this 116 click. And so I was listening to some Lecrae, some 116, some of the other people in it. And I thought, this is, I can actually get away with listening to this. I can, this sounds pretty good. I like the beats. I like the flow. Like I can do this. And it was just weird because it was about Jesus. And that was just a turn from what I was listening to. So I kind of got into it. And Micah actually, through really cool coincidences that I can see as just God things, Micah's youth pastor at the time was new Lecrae. Like they were friends. And Lecrae at the time, he's doing these like random small church shows and stuff. Like, again, he's not well known in 2006. So he's doing these tours of like just showing up in a random church here and there or showing up in like somebody's backyard and doing a show. So we, I end up, Micah invites me to go with his youth group to go to see um, one of these shows. And so the show is amazing. Um, I'm just impressed by the performance Lecrae gives. And in between songs, he would give like these little mini messages. So it wasn't like he wasn't there to just put on a show. He was there to like preach the gospel and he would just use music to do it half the time and he would use words to do it the other half the time and it was really really cool so the show happens and i'm impressed and still like yeah whatever and what happens is lecrae invites us he's staying in a hotel nearby he invites us up to his hotel room to just hang out and talk and that's like what that's not you're like you're a guy you're important you got <laughs> stuff to do you gotta sleep you don't need to hang out with some random teenagers and talk to them about life but that's what he did. And that was really impactful for me. Like, here's this guy who definitely has these other things going on. He does not need to take this time out of his day to talk to who are we? Like, we're not important to him, but we were important to him. That was important for him to have us up there. And so like, he genuinely was talking to us about faith and about life. And that really flipped a switch in my head of like, wow, this is, this is what knowing Jesus looks like is having this kind of care and attention for people. And I was really impressed by that too. Um, there was another similar event at another Lecrae show that we got to hang out with him a little bit again. And that was just a big part of like, okay, there's something about this. And so this is now like the summer of 2006. And I'm like, Micah just graduated and he was moving to Chicago to go to school at Moody Bible Institute. And so he was like my connection to like church stuff. And I just did not, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, ah, what do I do? Well, <clears throat> our other friend Troy got hired right around the time Micah did. So Mike, so Troy had been working there for like a year and a half too. And so we were all pretty good friends hanging out. And Troy was starting to consistently go to this youth group. Um, and I was seeing some like really positive changes in Troy, just his personality and the things he was doing. And like, he was like going out of his way to like be a better person. I was like, oh, this is cool. And at one point he went on this really, really big, important trip where he like 
um, help serve the homeless and stuff. And he came back from that even more just like, wow, like, like life is just different. And so I asked if I could go to church with him, and that was at Long Beach Grace. And so that was the summer of 2006 that I started going to Long Beach Grace, and the senior pastor there was awesome. I loved hearing what he said. Um, I didn't super connect with the college group right away because I was like, oh, all these people are smart and know what they're doing, and I don't know anything, and so I don't belong in here. Um, that was all on me. They were perfectly nice people, but I just I wasn't ready for that. So it took me some time to like actually commit to the church and and like be part of the community. So fast forward three years later, um, well that's when I got connected to the high school group. So anyway, in terms of my faith, looking back on all that, there wasn't like one singular moment. Like I didn't have that like I'm giving my life to Jesus moment. That one moment when I prayed. That one moment when I like heard God's voice and like made that decision. That like never happened for me. It was a process of like of knowing Micah, of going to this church, of listening to Lecrae, of reading Mere Christianity. Like that book reshaped everything I'd ever thought about Christianity reading that book um and so all of that like that just became life it just became Mm -hmm. like Jesus makes sense every everything about my world yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense the Bible can be very confusing and certain things are hard to take in and we will hope to have a lot of those conversations as this continues but for me it was like man I get to live in eternity with God who created this world, who created me, a God who cared enough about me to die for me, who lived a perfect life and died for me so that I don't have to like worry about my life. Like I know where I'm going to end up now because I've accepted Jesus. Like I get to, it's not like I get to celebrate when I mess up, but I get to mess up and be like, okay, like there isn't this scoreboard. I don't Mm -hmm. have to now do like a hundred perfect things to make up for this really bad thing I did. Like, I get to be like, God already took care of that. And now I get to I, I get to rejoice in that and I get to love Jesus and I get to show Jesus to other people even though I messed up because Jesus is perfect. And and it's just I don't know. Like when I was a, when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of friends. I only had a few friends really that I hung out with. And so when I look back on that, I just go, man, like my phrase that I use what I have now is more and that more is better because of Jesus. Like Jesus blesses things and he multiplies things in ways that are incredible. And like every step of the way for me, every job change, every relationship, everything about my life right now, I can look back and go, God set that up. God Mm -hmm. put that in place. God opened that door. God put that person in my life. God did this, 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 and this. And it's incredible. And it's so obvious to me. And, and I love it. I love that that's where I'm at. I love that, that God is so big and powerful and all-knowing and that he's all of that. And he cares about me as an individual. He created this entire universe that's insane. And he cares about mm-hmm. me as this little non-important person. And Not little, but... It's <laughs> this six, seven person. Um, so, yeah, that's how... That's how I got to love Jesus. All right. Well, um, to back that up, um, for me, it was, I, I don't really have a moment either where a golden blinding light shone on me and I was like, Hey, it's time. But so growing up, I grew up in private schools until up until high school. And I knew about God and I knew about Jesus. And I knew about everything, but I kind of like 
and to me back in those days, it was like just another school subject. Like I didn't really understand it really until I got towards like my junior year of high school where I was kind of like junior year of high school is a tough year for high school and a lot happens and a lot of people are, you realize the truth about people and stuff like that. So I kind of like went down this road where I was kind of not going to church as much. I was kind of like, kind of eh about most things about like religion and even talking about that kind of stuff with people. And so it was more of a, a harder time in life where I kind of strayed away. And then towards, I would still do camp and I would still be a leader and doing whatever I can. And then towards, uh, after pretty much right after I graduated high school, I, I started hanging out with a group of guys, a group of guys and girls that I went to school with through elementary school and we did camp together and they really showed me God's love and through them and through, um, like even their parents and stuff like that, they, um, they just put this like kind of love on me where I kind of realized where it's like, this is the love that God explains that we need in our life and that we should have around us because they're encouraging me to be better, be a way better person than I was and to be, um, closer to God and to be at church every week because of like, without them, I wouldn't be here every single week. I wouldn't be in high school ministry like I am now. Um, so it's pretty much like my testimony is a, a group work where I saw the love of God in different people's lives where I'm like, that's what I want in my life. So I kept going and I kept learning and I kept putting in my life. And then in February, this last February, I got baptized, which was kind of like my big moment where it's like, I'm showing that I'm all in and like all my chips are in and I'm all in for whatever God needs me to do. Because like, I believe that like my story is written out and God knows what I'm going to be doing. And he knew when I was supposed to come to him fully and to live for him and do everything he needs me to do pretty much. And I, I live for him and he guides me where I need to be and puts the thoughts in my head to what I need to be doing. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. So just continue. What is, we're just going to end our full on segment right now with what is your favorite verse? Well, so how I was talking about how, oh, let me read it first. Proverbs 27, 17 is as I are, as iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. So to me, it's like, you want me to go into it too, right? Yeah. So to me, um, the people want you to go into it, Jake. I'm sorry, people. Uh, I will go into it now. So um, to me, it's pretty much like in order to sharpen a sword perfectly, you have to have another piece of iron to do it. And you have to be, you know how to do the technique and stuff like that. So to me, it's um, another person sharpens another person. Like you have to be around the right people to grow and to be sharp and to kind of become you in a way that, and like a lot of people, like it, you need the people around you to be like-minded and to be like kind of sharp and they'll sharpen you and make you a better person. I love it. I love it. Dude, community is so important. That's one of my biggest things that I preach is that you get yourself in a good community and surround yourself with the people who love you and love Jesus. I think we've done... We've done a pretty good job of that around here. We've got some good people around us, and it's great. And we love it. So my favorite verse is the first 
it comes from the first Bible study I ever did. I had never gone through a Bible on my own. I'd never gone through any like books of the Bible, like did my own study or with people or anything. Um, so the first Bible study I ever did was the Joshua. And to this day, Joshua remains my favorite. There are so many amazing things that happened in Joshua. Joshua. What? You'd think I could say my favorite book. Um, the sun stops in the sky. Like, that's insane. The walls of Jericho come down because a band played. <laughs> like, that, and that's just the start. Like, I love the stuff that happens. Um, but the first verse that really stuck out to me that was like, wow, this, this hits home and, and makes me... Um, have an understanding is Joshua 1 9 and it's a pretty popular verse but it says it's God it's God talking to Joshua and he says have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and to me like I spent I spent a lot of time when I was younger like alone just because like I would put myself in my bedroom and I would just hang out in there and watch TV on my own. I'd do my schoolwork on my own. Like that was just the thing that happened. Um, and so, but I never like felt lonely. I always did enough that like I felt busy. I didn't, I wasn't ever bored. I wasn't ever like, oh, I'm so alone. Like I was watching movies. I was watching TV. I was watching sports. I was playing sports. I was reading books. I was playing video games. Like I did to this day, I have no problem being alone because I know how to do that. But it really, I don't know, just the idea that having God there no matter what, like looking back on it, I go, that's why I didn't ever feel alone. There had to be something in me that was like, God is, God was there that whole time. God gave me all that stuff to do because he didn't want me to ever feel alone. And, and that's like, to this day, ever since I got to know that verse, it's like, man, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, God is right there next next to me. And because he's right there next to me, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be discouraged because I know that he has the situation under control. It's going to play out in his big plan. He's, he's going to be able to make good from whatever happens. So not only do I not have to be afraid, I don't have to be discouraged. I, it's not that I get to avoid being negative. He says, be strong, be courageous. Like it's not just a don't do a negative, it's do a positive, be strong and courageous. I get to go out and do awesome stuff and put myself out there and make things happen because God is with me. No matter where I go, whether I'm in this office with Jake, whether I'm in my room alone, whether I'm in front of a group of high schoolers, whether I'm playing on a field in front of hundreds of people, whether whatever it is, no matter where I am, God is with me. And, and knowing that just gives me so much energy and joy and faith. And it's incredible. So that, that's my favorite verse. Always will be. Um, so that's where we're at. <laughs> I think we're ready to, to close this off. Just for fun, we started recording this. So you have reference at roughly 1130 in the morning on Thursday, October 3rd. Yes. And so we're finishing up now around one o'clock. And, you know, our vision, I don't know. Why don't you talk about like what you thought about when I gave, when I brought this idea up? Um, I really thought of a, a, a time where we can come together and kind of debrief of a week. Am I not talking to the mic? I mean, you are, you're just leaning to the side. Oh, I'm sorry. So. I'll, I'll lean into <laughs> it. Um, I thought of a, a good way for us to debrief throughout a week and talk about 
very important. My mom's calling. That's really awkward. <laughs> um, hey, mom, I can't answer right now, by the way. Um, so she'll probably be listening. Uh, I, I hope so. Um, me too. Uh, so I, I thought of a good way for us to debrief and spread a message of uh, kind words and good intentions and um, kind of just show like the, the fun spirit that we always have and just so that people can see in the mind of us pretty much and our guests. I, who are I mean, incredible. going deep in our minds could get rough. That's why we're, <laughs> that's why we're having guests from here on out. Um, hopefully. So yeah, like, yeah, I, this is going to become whatever it becomes. I'm just really excited about the idea of like being able to just talk like intentionally i feel like people nowadays don't intentionally make time to just sit and have conversation and we were just sat here for an hour and a half and we easily we didn't even talk about anything like in the expanse of everything that we know and love and think about like we barely went into anything so that's what i'm excited about is like right now it's starting as a once a week thing so just so you are aware as our listeners the goal right now is once a week um just because we're amateurs at this. Like, I have no idea what the audio quality of this is going to sound like. I don't know how entertained you were by today. Hopefully, you were entertained a little bit. Um, hopefully, you'll learn some stuff. But this is, yeah, this is going to turn into whatever it's going to turn into. And so, our goal, my goal, I'm not going to speak for Jake. Jake spoke for himself. My goal is to just have awesome people come in here. We're going to start with a lot of people from our community because that's a little bit easier. They get to be our test subjects. And so, we can figure out what we're doing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, our goal is like we have a lot of friends that whose stories we really love and that we don't really know that much about. Like we as we were thinking through who we want, like we were like, man, these are awesome people and we barely know anything about them. And we get the opportunity to learn more about them. And it's not just us. Like it could just be the three of us in a room and that's it. But like we get the opportunity to have these conversations and share these stories with you, the listener. Mm -hmm. And so like if you like it, like tell your friends about it. If you think it's entertaining and something that your friends will enjoy, like do it like we're you know if your friends like sports we're going to talk about sports a lot if your friends are believers and they want to hear people having conversations about faith do that if your friends aren't believers con them <laughs> into listening to a conversation about faith by setting up for i don't know whatever but like i'm just really excited about what this can be and even if it is just the two of us with one random person a week and five people listen we will still have had a great yeah, time so because we get to talk to people and make it a point to do that. And I'm really excited about that. So like we said before, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter at from Bob's office update. I did create a Gmail account while we were talking. So we do have a Gmail account from Bob's office at gmail.com. So if you have any inquiries, feel free to send them there. Um, if you have topics you want us to talk about, if you have questions that you want us to answer, whether it's about ourselves or real life stuff that's going on, topical things, I don't know. We are up for it. Um, if you have, if you want to be a guest, let us know. We, <laughs> our calendar is pretty open right now, except for Tuesday, because Bob's going to be in here with us. Um, but yeah, we're looking to have just people from all over and just have a good time. And we're looking forward to a great whatever this becomes we're looking forward to a great time and if you have money and want to sponsor us that would be fantastic because this equipment was not cheap and uh you know i eat a lot <laughs> we need to keep jake fed during these things because this takes a lot of energy so <clears throat> yeah we're excited pleased to have you on this journey with us we need to come up with like a sign off
You're going to sprint it. Bye. <laughs> uh, okay, we can end with that. Have a fantastic day and look out for future podcasts and spread the word if you love us. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs>